0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io.
1: And we're back for another episode of the Startup Hustle. This is your host today, Matt Watson. Excited to be joined today by Mr. Bo Button, who is the president and CTO of Atlas Reality. He's doing some really cool stuff in the Location-based games, virtual real estate, all sorts of different stuff. I'm excited to talk all about it today. We're going to talk about virtual finance and digital assets. It's going to be a fun conversation. Before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that today's episode of Startup Puzzle is powered by FullScale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. FullScale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Please visit FullScale.io to learn more. Bo, how are you doing, man? Doing well. Doing
0: well. Just trying to stay cool down here in the South. How about yourself?
1: Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good, man. So tell me, um, today I want to talk about virtual finance and digital assets. And so when I think of that, I immediately think of crypto and blockchain and all that stuff. Like, so where, where, where do we start with this today?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've steered clear of kind of the Web3 movement. As a technologist, I appreciate blockchain, but as a product-driven kind of company we've tried to, to to make our products as simple as possible and there's really nothing about web 3 onboarding that simple yet now, so hang on uh,
1: hang on a second you're saying we don't need web 3 for anything
0: <laughs> i didn't say anything i think there's some interesting verticals where web 3 is is useful but um for us in games right now it doesn't make a whole lot of sense even wait
1: with- a second We can create stuff without Web3 because I heard that everything had to be Web3. Like the future of the entire world was Web3. Like there there was no way we would survive without it. You're saying there's a way.
0: There is and I've actually Holy moly there's a way. <laughs> it's yeah, earth-shattering news, but yeah, I crossed paths with somebody who told me that there was going to be a web3 game engine. We would build the entire game. I was like, "No, dude, that's not something I'm interested in." But yeah, Atlas Reality, the company that I'm a uh, co-founder of and president and CTO, we are a play-to-earn gaming platform, virtual real estate, and we are off-chain. There's no dovetails right now into crypto at all. It's all fiat. You make cash. You earn cash rather.
1: Well, and I, you know, people talk about using Web3 for, oh, you can buy assets in the game and you could buy and sell them to other character, other people and all that kind of stuff. And and I'm like, you know what? I did that 25 years ago on a bulletin board on a dial up and I bought, you know, somebody's sword from some game and I didn't have blockchain then figured it out. And by the way, people like Fortnite make like billions of dollars a year selling Patrick Mahomes jerseys or bunny costumes or whatever and there's no blockchain for like somehow or another we're able to do this stuff so
0: yeah i mean look you can use a standard relational database to power a solution like that there are some elements of like the distribution the transparency you know the the whole you know it's a public ledger there is there's an element to that that i like where people can kind of scrutinize it but you could also you know build a static website or some type of dynamic website that, you know, kind of shows the transactional history of items. But yeah, I'm 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 kind of I subscribe to the same kind of theory as users. we build games and web3 is not part of that right now for us, even in the virtual real estate space.
1: Well, I love that that you guys are kind of the you know, didn't require that and you're able to build this. So, how did you how did you get into this? How how did Atlas Reality come by, uh, come to be?
0: Yeah, so Originally, we started a company called Cerberus Interactive. It's the same entity we just rebranded, and we were really an independent game development shop. We weren't creating our own games, we were building games for other companies. I've spent most of my career owning or operating an ISV building software for other businesses. And my current business partner saw me. He was in user acquisition marketing and said, I want to create or I want to build games. And I was foolish enough to say, You know what? Let's do that. Um, I quickly realized that it's equally as is just terrifying to build games for people as it is to build line of business apps. It's not as fun. Games are fun, but building games for other people is not fun. So we pivoted and we started really honestly, we were building location-based games because we were inspired by Pokemon Go and Niantic. Yeah, it was which not is very cool. Yeah, it came out right around the same time. We were pivoting, and I was like, I have a lot of you know background in GIS. I uh, spent 10 years in the distressed real estate space building software for liquidating distressed real estate. So I said, you know what? Let's build location-based games. And that's how we started. The virtual real estate side of this, Atlas Earth, our first game was called Atlas Empires. The second game, which is the game that's most popular, is, you know, it was it was inspired by the web3 movement i saw sandbox i saw decentraland i saw upland and i'm like right. man this is cool like, location based you can sell real estate but like i don't need the blockchain so kind of going back to what we just talked about but yeah, yeah that's how i got into this
1: so you have two games uh, you have atlas empires you mentioned and then atlas earth so atlas empires can i like go is that like playing like clash of clans or something in my own neighborhood yeah. is that what it is
0: it is. It's a location-based, inspired Clash of Clans slash Pokemon Go mashup. Okay. Um, it's It's been out for almost four years now. Um, it was commercially or financially, it was a success, but I will be honest with you, the community has dwindled because uh, Atlas Earth represents 90 point, 99.999% of our revenue, so we've been focusing on that. Um, okay. But yes, you can install it today. It's still relatively active, but... Um, Uh, it's it's definitely not as entertaining because you can't find other people to join your empire. That's the hardest part right now is it's Atlas Empires and there aren't enough people to, to, to kind of participate in your empire. So what do people do in Atlas Earth? Yeah, so right now, it's arguably not a game. Um, it, it, we have to, because of legal reasons, you know, market it as a game, but you come in, we give everybody one free piece of land, so we call them parcels, much like your tax assessor would call it, and it's 30 feet by 30 feet. It's based on a real map, so where you're standing right now, based on your GPS uh, you know, radio, you, you can buy that land, and that land um, has one of four rarities, and it's random, so it's a, a common, a rare, an epic, or a legendary, and each one of those generates rent per second. So that's kind of the game loop is you own a piece of land, you either buy it or you do something in the game to earn our in-game currency in order to buy it. A lot of people just buy it or they use the free one. And then from there, it generates rent per second. Obviously, if you buy one piece of land, your RPS is not going to be enough to move any needle. It's, It's fractions of a fractions of a penny per second. but. You can watch ads. You can buy uh, products at brick-and-mortar merchants that are partners with us. We've got about uh, 20 or so brick-and-mortar partners where you can go swipe your Visa or MasterCard and in real time get rewarded with our in-game currency, which then lets you buy land. So we do have a lot of free-to-earn players that are in there getting land and not spending money and generating rent per second. Uh, Once that rent accumulates to $5, you can redeem it for cash. So that's kind of the name of the game is your rent per second accumulates. You can either redeem it for additional AB, Atlas bucks, our in-game currency, or you can have it deposited straight into your okay. check account. Right
1: so I see on your website, you have partner partnerships with uh, Burger King and Annie Ann's and Popeye's and Sonic, Jimmy John's, all these companies. So, yes, so does that mean if I download the app, I can go to like my local Burger King and like it exists in the, in the game?
0: It's a little different. So you won't see Burger King in the game, but what we have are location-based offers or missions. We, The industry refers to them as offers in the game because of the the naming around like an in-game mission. You have an option to enroll your Visa or MasterCard. And this was a huge hurdle for us because it's a video game asking for your credit card. And it's like, why? Well, we only ask for the 16-digit card number. We don't ask for the CBV2 or expiration. And then we reach out to Visa and MasterCard and we get a random account. And that allows us to basically get notifications when you actually purchase at one of our participating merchants. We then use that to give you an in-game pop-up and there's a conversion rate. Every merchant's kind of different, but if you were to go buy a Whopper right now and your credit card was enrolled, you would get a push notification the minute you drove away from the cashier and it would say, hey, you spent $10, you got 10 Atlas bucks.
1: Okay. So is that a, so do, do any of these other merchants help promote you guys? I mean, was
0: not yet. I mean, it's still a tough sell. You know, the 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 Web three movement. I mean, it hasn't all been bad for us. Not not that it's been particularly bad, but it's like we 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 didn't jump into that. But the metaverse and decentraland, like these brands, are obviously aware of of what most or some people are considering the future. I, I I'm not as convinced. But um, no, we don't have any one particular brand that's like really a fanboy. They're all. Kind of getting their feet wet. Okay. Um, I'd say you know Burger King has been the most successful for us um, outside of Speedway, which is a gas station on the East Coast. Um, that was the most successful primarily because the average ticket price there is about fifty dollars because fuel is expensive and yeah, yeah.
1: aren't. So, do, so does so does somebody like Burger King is actually giving you guys money? Like they give you one percent of yeah, sales so or something like that. That's
0: exactly right. So basically we we have a bd team bizdev goes out um they all come from the food quick service industry, and we aren't out contracts where we get a commission on the sales. So it's really not a cost to Burger King. It's not a discount to the player. That's a big from a perception they don't want to offer discounts, but we get a commission. So some of these range between ten percent and you know four percent. So if a player goes and spends a hundred dollars, and we have a t- we get ten dollars, which is great in this industry. You know our our initial IAP in app purchase uh, starting price is four dollars and ninety nine cents, and Apple takes thirty percent of that, and once it hits the checking account it's basically nothing so 10% on a large ticket is is really it's it's good from a revenue perspective for okay. us okay
1: and so business is good for you guys you guys are growing yeah. and absolutely
0: game- yeah i mean the game's doing well we're growing you know nicely we we've had some some technical headwinds uh for scale with scale um i think we've we've navigated most of those uh right now the the biggest headwind for me um despite me being on the technical side of the organization i also do all of the hiring is f- finding people um, Despite us being kind of flat and not having an office and broadening, you know, where we hire from, it's still hard to find good talent. Uh, How big is your team? Right now we have 29 employees, full-time employees.
1: Okay. Okay. So on on the engineering side, are you guys using like Unity or something to build the game? We are, like-
0: yeah. So the mobile game. Um, my background is in Enterprise .net, uh, okay. not the most popular stack, but uh, me it, too, brother. Me-, me too. It's all good. I, I'm a C sharp <laughs> guy through and through. Started off with BB ASP when I was in high school, and me it too. just it works for me. Me too. Um, but yeah, when yeah. when we started looking at game engines, I naturally—I won't, I won't
1: it. tell anybody. You're <laughs> yeah, it's thing. too late, man. I've got a few shirts <laughs> that say C Sharp.
0: I'm 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 out of the closet when it comes to my my affinity for C Sharp. But yeah, I chose Unity because you you use C Sharp. Um, I had no idea if it was better than Unreal. If like I did some due diligence, there were some other engines. But yes, we are a Unity game development shop, and our back end stack, everything is .NET Core C Sharp all the way through and through.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I've been doing .NET since it came out 20 years ago myself. Yeah,
0: no, I remember when it was ASP Plus, and I was like, why is there something new? And then I saw, and for better or for worse, Web Forms. It was an enterprise. Everybody jumped in. And when I realized how much less work and code I had to write, I was like, you know what? I'm done. Web Forms are great. And then you know, we did a 180, and here I am. Our web apps are MVC, and it seems like I'm still writing ASP-style code.
1: So what kind of scalability issues do you have? It's just, you know, you get certain thousands of users and how it all connects to the back end. Yeah. back end issues connecting to the game that's running on their, their app that's, or what, what are yeah, your challenges? So
0: the game is, it's a real time connection. So we leverage websockets. Um, this was a first for me at this scale. I have built, you know, real time, you know, finance apps, but it wasn't anything like this. They, they weren't event based. So we have a lot of in-game events, which is a concurrency issue. Yeah. Um, and when we built the platform, we, we, What I should have done is follow kind of the stack exchange architecture, keep it stupid simple, use SQL Server, cache the shit out of things and just roll with it. But I thought uh, I didn't think Uh, I was trying to be more intelligent than I really am. And uh, ultimately, I I, I chose a technology from Microsoft called Orleans. Um, And the reason I chose it, because we decided to use blob storage as our storage mechanism. I'm going into the weeds here, but long story short, um, it was the wrong decision. And we ended up having to basically refactor the entire application to kind of look more like a standard web application and, and okay. less less creative, you know, just, yeah. just, we were our own enemy here, just trying yeah. to be, I tried to get ahead of the, the scale and in reality, what I ended up doing was preventing the scale. <laughs> Um, wasn't my intent, but, um, we still leverage Orleans heavily. We just, uh, I think the, the expression is, is everything looks like a nail when you have a hammer and I thought Orleans yeah. was my hammer and I went in there and the team just used Orleans for everything. And that was the wrong decision.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of a SQL database usually solves like 90% of the problems. Guess
0: what? We we are now 100%, uh, Microsoft hyperscale SQL based, yeah. Um, and it has proven to be the, it's, it's incredible. I was doing this 20 years ago, building, you know, line of business apps. And I just, I, I didn't think that it was the right choice, but it was, the, it was, it was most definitely the right choice.
1: Awesome. Well, eventually you'll get to some scale, you'll, you know, some scale where it makes sense to to look at something else, you know, but that's like i I'm a- sure of it. That's a future bow problem, not a today bow problem.
0: Honestly, I hope it's not a future bow problem. I hope there's somebody <laughs> else that inherits that because I always joke. I, I used to have a full head of hair, but I am completely bald. The stress, the ser- like, it's the cortisol rather. It's taken a toll on me.
1: Well, so tell me, you are you're one of the co-founders of this company, right? Yes, and sir. And so, so tell me, who are the other co-founders? Tell me about them.
0: So technically, we started off with two co-founders. My partner, Sami. Um, Sami is the younger brother of a high school friend of mine. He's always had a knack for sales. Um, He moved to Los Angeles. He was a very early employee at a fintech company called Acorns. It's a micro-investment platform where they do roundups like your spare change. I've heard of that. Yeah. So he was employee 10 or 11. Um, He cut his teeth there learning about user acquisition and marketing. We've kept in touch. We had a previous startup. uh, We had an anti-social network called Memorandum that was ahead of its time. But yeah, he was the one that was, he's the gamer. He's the one that really wanted to own and operate a a game development company. But um, today we also have, uh, as of about two years ago, a third co-founder, which was our employee number one. But we, two years ago, Recognized that he is really a co-founder, even though he's an he was technically an employee, and now we we consider you know him a, a third co-founder. So it's Sami Khan and then Morgan Moon and my other two co-founders.
1: Okay, so you're you're the CTO, but do you spend much of your time writing code these days, or you said it's mostly hiring people?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I've always been kind of like the in between the tech and the biz uh I, I i i can talk to anybody um most of the developers i've worked with are kind of like black box developers or savants they're kind of socially awkward not in all of them i know i'm stereotyping here but yeah here lately i don't do a lot of of actual coding for the business i do a lot of research and i'm still continuously learning but i'd say 80% of my responsibility right now is really finding talent Um, I have a knack for that. Um, it's not something I love. I don't dislike it, but, uh, it it could be challenging, but yeah, I I don't contribute a whole lot of code. I tend to be the one who spearheads an initiative and then backs away and delegates, like infrastructure is code. We, you know, three years ago adopted Terraform. That was something that really resonated with me, you know, using the Azure portal to create, you know, 200 resources for a new environment. I'm like, there's got to be a better way, and I wasn't convinced it was Azure Resource Manager, but um, yeah, I don't I don't write as much code as I, I really would like to, but someday.
1: Well, I, I ask these questions because a lot of people are listening today. They're like, I need to hire a CTO to go build my software. Well, a lot of CTOs don't write a lot of code. And so I think no. that's the thing I want to highlight here is, you know, did you early on when the company very, very first started?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So when it was just the three of us, um, I was sort of the back end, Morgan was the front end, and that worked extremely well. Um, and as we grew, obviously, I kind of started to slowly but surely back away and delegate. It wasn't yeah. a trust thing. It was just, uh haven't been doing this literally. I started when I was eight years old. It's like you can identify rabbit holes pretty quickly. So I would say the other responsibility I have is letting the team know that th- there's a rabbit hole and we should probably start, you know, do a 180 and go backwards. But um, no, I, I, I I'd say it took us about three years before I kind of just stopped writing code in its entirety. There's only a few areas of the business where I felt early on that I only trusted my, like anything to do with finance, like integrating with IAPs for Apple and Google. I kind of owned the architecture and implementation for that because it touched money. But with the current app, we use Stripe and we do, I, I didn't have to put my hands in the which is nice. It is nice. Well,
1: I, I, I'm glad we're discussing this because I think it's important for people to understand, you know, wh- what does a CTO do and how does the job change over time? And, um, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, early on you started and then as time has went on, the role has changed a lot. And I, I think the problem for a lot of entrepreneurs is they're, they, they think hiring a CTO is like going to be their lead developer and write all the software. And, which can be the case, but if a company grows and scales, what they need from that person is actually totally different. They need them to do what you're doing today. And um, I think CTOs should always be good at proof of concepts, making technology decisions, right? Trying to kick the tires and figure things out. But also something else I think you you, you alluded to about the rabbit holes is, is also asking the questions that nobody else asks or knows how to ask or, or will think of. And it just comes from doing this for long enough. That's you, just, exactly right. you just see the rabbit holes. You know, I always refer to it as like seeing the landmines and seeing around the corner, you know, like people just don't think that way. But you've done this long enough that you you know foresee these problems.
0: So No, it's exactly right. And, you know, my partner saw me is always kind of, I would say, confused or amazed. It's like, well, why didn't the team identify this? And I'm just like it's like a musician who's been playing piano since they were three years old versus somebody who graduated high school and decided to like, you still know how to play piano, but like you're in tune. Your intuition is just, it's different. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm on Slack passively and I'll look at the engineering channels and I'd say at least two or three times a week, I'm just like, no, bad idea. And I'm not one to just say no bad idea. I'll, like, I've done this before. This is why we probably shouldn't do that. I, yeah. I, I Honestly, that's probably the most enjoyable part of this is, is helping you know the the younger engineers kind of learn and and you know get in tune with like finding these rabbit holes or mines, like you said. Well, and
1: I love I love the conversation about you know why didn't they see this? Why didn't they? Why don't they have the ability to do this? And my response is usually, well, if they did, they would be a CTO somewhere else.
0: Yeah, no, that's <laughs> they exactly probably,
1: right. They probably wouldn't. Work, I would work for them. Right? Yeah, and look, like, as a
0: co-founder, I've always been one. Like I, I want people to do well. And if that doesn't, if it's not with Atlas Reality, that doesn't, it, it won't break my heart. So, like, if one of our employees graduates and becomes an exceptional potential CTO yeah. candidate, there would be no hard feelings if he jumped ship and went and started his own venture. Um, And that's just a fact of life. So, yeah, it's it, it's confusing to my non-technical co-founder, but he gets it now. You know, not everybody's, you know, their experience levels are very different and, you know, the way that they they look at things honestly it's sometimes it has to do with perspective i've got some engineers that are very kind of like narrow focused and they just don't look big picture they do exceptional work yeah. but like some things that are obvious to me because i'm kind of looking at it from like at the entrepreneurial angle business big picture yeah. long-term viability they just don't see it
1: yeah absolutely and this it's different personalities well, finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what developers are available to join your team today. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. Well, I, lo- I love this part of the conversation about CTOs and, and, uh, and dev leaders, because I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't, don't understand the dynamics of some of this and the, and the different personalities that they go into it. And, um, before we yeah. started recording, we were talking about LinkedIn and stuff, and I post on LinkedIn every day, and um, I talk a lot about CTO related stuff, leadership related stuff, and and there is such a huge difference from being an entrepreneur, being a CTO, being very very product focused, like business focused, versus being like a heads down engineer in the weeds. Like it's just a totally different mindset, and a lot of people just don't understand they don't understand the difference, and
0: so I always try yeah. and
1: cover those kinds of topics.
0: No, this is very valuable to anybody who has an idea, who's going to venture out and try to build a product, uh, a technology related product. Like, yes, I mean, you're like you said earlier, your CTO may be your initial lead engineer, but that role will evolve and their responsibilities will inevitably change. Um, Yeah, I've you're you've probably been subject to this as an engineer, especially when like iOS was introduced. Everybody and their grandma wanted a mobile app. Everybody and their grandma had a business idea. And I just it was baffling. Like I took a lot of things for granted. I was like, you just don't know this. And it's like, well, I've been doing this my entire life. You shouldn't know this kind of stuff, but yeah, it's, it's challenging because a lot of people, if they're non-technical, they just feel like they're going to hire somebody and they're going to solve all of their programming, their QA, their UI UX. And I'm like, in reality, the reason we have so many employees today is, is you, there's that many different, like, disciplines in order to build a quality product you do initially you can't afford that so you have to do what you have to do you just have to to to, to hustle to get it out the door and the quality will ultimately i guess suffer to some degree but yeah we're not hiring just for hiring sakes but it 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 is challenging there are a lot of different disciplines that you need in order to build a good high quality product so
1: i want to talk more about your game and and one thing that i have always thought was interesting about metaverse related games and how much money people would, uh, you know, buy property for in Decentraland or Sandbox or some of these other popular Web three games? And they're like, "Well, real estate is limited. There's so much. There's only so much real estate in the Metaverse." And as a software developer, you and I both know there's unlimited space in in software games, right? Like, there is no limit to the amount of space I can teleport anywhere. What are you talking about? So, what I love about your guys's game is it's based on earth right like you're buying you know land in a physical place and I, I like how it's anchored that way so then there is a limit like you're limited, to the, yeah, you're, you're it's limited to the planet yeah you're limited to
0: the planet an obnoxiously large pool of land because our oh, parcels yeah. are 30 by 30 but yeah that was one of my biggest gripes about these these virtual real estate platforms that weren't tethered to the real earth was Someone can introduce a new map or a new island or whatever. It was literally up to the developer's discretion to determine what your land was worth because it's not a real scarcity problem if they could just introduce new land. Whereas, like, right now, technically, we have a scarcity. The potential scarcity, it's a real problem, but it's not a problem right now. There's not enough people. We have a little over, I think, three and a half million users. There's, like – five or eight billion available parcels if you include water and outside of that. But there's a lot of land to be had here. Okay. But yeah, like you were saying, the other uh, games that are in this space also have a secondary market where you can flip. Right now, we only have a primary market. We do not let players sell their land. That's something that we... We thought we had an idea when we originated the game concept, but having now been in practice or in business or having launched for 18 months, we've learned that we've got a little we got a little homework to do in regards to making the secondary market useful for the players, not just for people who are whales who have a lot of disposable income. We're genuinely committed to making that secondary market useful to the players who are grinding. Um, and one of the ways that we're doing that is we're allowing them to build on their land and improve it. So, yeah, it's... I I was amazed that like, I think the article I read was Atari had built a metaverse property. Snoop Dogg had bought uh, a metaverse property and then somebody wanted to be his neighbor spent a million dollars on the land next door. And I'm just thinking, Holy (laughs) hell, Holy hell. Like how vain do you have to be to want to be Snoop Dogg's neighbor in a video game? Like that doesn't, I'm not, that doesn't, I'm not, it's crazy. It blows my mind. So, so tell me if I go
1: in and I, and I get my 30 by 30 parcel, how how do I earn you, you mentioned I can earn money from rent? How That's else correct. do I earn money in this game? You talked about going to Burger King and stuff like that, but yeah, how so- are there people that you said grind like are playing the game or whatever? Like how do they earn money in the game? In other words, so
0: ways? we'll Differentiate like So you can earn in-game currency, but that in-game currency is not convertible to cash. So when I say money, I'm talking checking account. I'm going to use this. It's, it's hard-earned cash. You can only earn money right now by collecting the rent that's generated by the land. So the more land you own, the more virtual rent you accrue, and then the more money ultimately you can earn. There is a floor of $5, so it does take some time. You can earn in-game currency by watching advertisements. Um, You can earn in-game currency by going to buy your Whoppers and so on and so forth. But one of the things that we're focusing on kind of related to the secondary market is that user-generated content, these buildings, etc. So we're trying to figure out kind of an Etsy model. How can we kind of create this community of people who are creating structures that could then become the architects of the metaverse and leverage them to build things in the game, not only for themselves, other players, or maybe even brands. So if we have a big brand partner and they want to build it in the game, you could go and post kind of an RFP of sorts to our in, in, in-house Etsy. So right now, the only way to earn cash or real money is to own a lot of land.
1: So, do you have whales or big users that make hundreds yeah. or thousands of dollars a month doing this?
0: Oh, I wish it was hundreds of thousands of dollars right no, I mean, now. Hundreds or yeah. thousands or, or thousands. thousands. <laughs> okay, sorry, I heard that wrong. I'm thinking no, 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 no. Um, we don't have anybody making that much money. Even the the top player in the game who put in a lot of money. He is a YouTube celebrity who does kind of like card opening. Um, his name is Open Boosters. He dropped a lot of money when we launched the game. Um, i don 't know off the top of my head how much money he 's generating per month, but collectively we 've cashed out of out of our ecosystem a little over a half a million dollars now that 's across okay. all players. Okay. That's probably going to look more like a handful of people making $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month versus a few people making a couple thousand dollars. Um, so, yes, it's, there aren't any players right now, to the best of my knowledge, that are making anywhere near you know $1,000 a month. We do have some players who have cashed out $100, but that's been accumulated over the course of months.
1: Okay. So is it, is it somewhat easy for somebody to make $10 a month playing a game?
0: It's not easy. No, it does require it's we have a high session count game. I mean, easy is a subjective. Does it require you to go outside and bust your ass and sweat? No, if and and we have a lot of folks. And this was something that I kind of overlooked when we built this game that are really in a bind. You know, these are the same people using get upside, buying gas from specific gas stations to make their 10 percent, you know, cash back on this. So most players that we see are doing, you know they're not just playing Atlas Earth to make a few dollars. They're doing this across coupons and other apps where they can make a few extra dollars. Yeah. Um, there's another, uh, Dosh, etc., where you can make a few dollars per month. Um, we're committed, and this is something that we're still trying to figure out. We we want people to be able to make a genuine passive income. Um, there's a lot of work there. We have a lot of work well, cut out.
1: The, so, I mean, the reason I ask, and, and and maybe you know this, I I would assume you probably know this, but there's, like good games like Axie Infinity and stuff like that, where you had like a million people, and I'm not even exaggerating, a million people like in the Philippines that played it every day, and they they played it to to make an income. And you know, in a place like the Philippines, even if you only made twenty dollars a month or fifty dollars a month, like that was a super significant amount of money to them, where you know the average person only makes two or three hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So there 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 are some countries where this play to earn type games are massive um, especially if they can make just a small amount of passive income from
0: it yeah there's a part of that business model specifically with the game that you just mentioned axi infinity that makes me sick um it's you know they were taking advantage they had scholarships i dove i dove rather like head first i wanted to understand how this game yeah. worked and I, it kind of imploded, and I, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. But right now, we are only launched in the United States. So I'm talking about Americans. They're yeah. the ones in this game. They're the ones making the 10 to $15 a month. And there are a lot of those players who are very interested in playing a virtual real estate game, watching ads. One thing I kind of overlooked, you can watch ads to earn Atlas bucks, but you can also watch ads to generate additional rent per second. So the most straightforward way to describe this um, and the disclaimer here being this is how it works this is how the sausage is made it's a revenue sharing opportunity for our players we're just a standard company who decided to take some of their profits and what we do with that is very unique so instead of just taking those profits and giving a percentage back to the players we manage our own treasury so if i were to talk about this very candidly again disclaimer here is this is a game it's not an investment It's a facade for an investment platform. You give us money, we take that money, we grow that money, and we share back some of the gains with you. We can't articulate it that way because we're not an investment company. We're a gaming company. At some point in the future, I'd love to actually be licensed and do everything above board with the SEC and say, look, this is nothing more than Robin Hood, but instead of picking a ticker, buy some land. It doesn't really matter. You just know you have some money that you want to invest and you want to grow. Let us grow it for you. This is just a game in front of it.
1: Okay. Okay. Oh, very cool. Well, the, so when you buy land in the game, can you only buy land in the United States?
0: Right now, you can only buy land in the United States. Um, the next country we'll be rolling out to is Canada, and then shortly thereafter, Australia and New Zealand. You can play the game and watch ads and increase your RPS globally, but we, we only allow you to buy land right now in the United States. I'm trying
1: to figure out if I can buy like a whole country here. Uh, there's no option right now, and you have to buy it <laughs> one by one.
0: Um, there have I mean, been if you, people.
1: If you were going for the Vatican City, though, it's not very much land. Like, yeah, I think there's I mean, a look, chance.
0: <laughs> if you're ever in downtown or the, the Las Vegas Strip area um, or downtown Los Angeles, you can install the game and uninstall it after you see it. There's probably 5,000 individual landowners that own the New York or the, the Las Vegas Strip. Um, there are some uh, – like the the president – I don't know, he travels a lot, but he like went to Disney World and bought, he must have just walked very slowly and bought one by one and one by one, and he basically decimated Disney World in, uh, Cal- in Florida, rather. But there's no bulk land purchasing right now. It is something that, I mean, obviously for our whales, but there's also the argument it, it, it creates kind of a, a disadvantage to the players who are out there grinding and wanting to buy one parcel. We'll figure it out. We are, we're obviously a for-profit business. We have to make sure that this thing is like, yeah. viable long-term. So we'll see.
1: Well, one day I'll, maybe I can buy the Vatican City on the secondary market then. Yeah, well, that's the sec- <laughs> I
0: think the secondary market's where this is going to become really interesting because it won't just be land, it will be land and improvements. Right, um, And we have to do that for legal reasons because this is not an investment um, and you have to do something to the the initial purchase in order to actually sell it and not be deemed an investment. So we're allowing people to build on it. Lord knows what players are going to build. I have no doubt that there's some very creative people out there that are going to use our tooling to build some impressive structures. And I'm looking forward to having a castle in Cedar park, Texas, which is technically where I live right outside of Austin. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to see somebody own the Vatican city and build the Vatican in 3d in Atlas earth.
1: So, I'm gonna guess that you guys have more users than Meta has on Horizon Worlds.
0: <laughs> I don't know how many they have. We it's I zero. love yeah, right now they like daily actives, I'm sure it's very low. Um meta get a meta gets a lot of hate, but I don't think it's 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 completely justified. I'm I'm a fan of what they're doing with their hardware. I do think Zuckerberg is a bit disillusioned. I don't know why they did some things that they did. Um, I can say that we have way more users than all of the other metaverse virtual real estate platforms, DAU and MAU and revenue combined.
1: That's 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 amazing. Congrats to you. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's the metric that I'm most proud of because yeah. we we're not in the news right, and and we we've went we've worked with PR agencies and I was like, look, until someone wants to write about us, let's just not worry about it. But like all of these other platforms are spending a tremendous amount of money to get these articles out. Like we've spent, or we've, we've sold 200,000 parcels. And I'm like, did you make any money? Is anybody making any money? Like, yeah, I mean, you can sell 2000 or 200,000 pixels and you know, you can push that down out to PR Newswire. But yeah, we, we're proud of that metric.
1: <laughs> I just love that. Zuckerberg spent billions of dollars on his Metaverse and nobody uses it and, and nobody and here you uses are.
0: it and, <laughs> and honestly <laughs> I remember when second Life was launched uh yeah. this is a it's been, I was blown away as a and this was before I was even in the gaming industry I never really understood how games were built and quite honestly I, I don't play video games a whole lot but it just seemed baffling that they spent that much time that much money and they built something that was inferior to something that was built 12 or i keep saying 10 years but i've been saying 10 years ago for 10 years i don't know how old second life is but it's been around for a very long time
1: well and do you see your app um becoming sort of like that or like SimCity, like that those sort of games
0: there's some synergies i i think we will ultimately have a a multi-user experience where people who own land can invite players to to their actual structures and maybe we introduce some type of extensibility where you can build you know primitive games kind of like a hybrid between rec room roblox <clears throat> etc that's not our focus right now quite honestly but i do think that's in the cards but i don't okay. think we our goal is not to compete with Roblox or Second Life or New Horizons. Like that's not our goal right now.
1: But when I when I use your game, can I go walk around and talk to other people and do that kind of stuff?
0: Right now, you cannot communicate in game. You can walk around, and previously, you could see other players. Uh, that was actually a developer feature that bled into a production build, and uh, it was a purple or a magenta cube, which is the texture, the default texture for a Unity game object, and nobody knew what the hell those little magenta pills were, but it was not supposed to be actually released. But right now, no, there's really no in-game social features. That is something that we are working on. Um, it's Pandora's box. Um, we did partner with the company called two hat who has, uh, uh, text and voice moderation tools. That was our biggest concern is just yeah. like toxicity. I yeah. see it in discord. It's like, Oh my God, man, it's nuts. But right now, no, you can't interact with other players in the game.
1: Okay. Well, if you do need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, full scale can help. We have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, All you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up with our fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, or leaders. At FullScale, we specialize in building a software team that works only for you long-term. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Bo. And, um, you know, when I was younger, I always used to say my dream as a developer was to build something that I could walk around in. Like, I always thought that would be cool. And you have done that. And so I think that's really cool. You know, you can build it. You can build an app or a game and you can walk around in it, which I think is super, uh, super awesome. Do you guys, your, your app now is, is a mobile app. It's on Android and, and Apple, right? Do you have plans to maybe make like a VR version of it as well?
0: Not for the core app. So internally, we refer to the mobile app as the scouting app because it requires GPS, and that's where you're out and about scouting where you're going to buy land. We're working on our internal tooling that we currently call the editor, which is going to be the experience that players – this is a web-based experience. Uh, We've learned uh, that we, we should bring as much functionality to the web as possible for a multitude of reasons. A, DevX, developer experience, is superior, and B, Apple and Google don't take 30%, Stripe takes 3%, but um, the tooling right now is web-based, and we're not focusing a lot of energy on mixed reality, but you better believe that experience is something that's on the roadmap for me. Um, I want to put on an Oculus Quest or whatever the hell, the Pico, whatever you choose, and I want to be able to build buildings with very organic, natural, my hands, quite frankly. I want it right. to be like a Lego-like experience. Uh, but no, the the primary game where you buy land, uh, there are no plans for XR, VR, etc. But for the editor, absolutely.
1: And currently in in your app to buy land, you have to actually physically be on that land That's to correct. buy it, right? Yes, sir. So nobody should have bought my house by now. So I should be able well, to do that.
0: Well, when we launched, we <laughs> didn't have anti-spoofing, um, which it was a cost prohibitive solution to license and we said, you know what, we'll just let people spoof. If they spoof, will you know, players will report them. We now prevent spoofing. We partner with the company called Shield.com, and we, we've, we've nailed that. But you might be surprised. Uh, I'm, I'm often surprised. I'll be in, like, obscure areas of Mississippi visiting family, and I'll open the app, and I'm like, who in the hell is out here buying double wides? Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There are a lot of double wides that somebody is, is way ahead of their Mississippi times, and they're, they're planning for the, the southern metaverse revolution.
1: Awesome. Well, as as we wrap up the show today, I really, really appreciate you for, for being on the show. Again, this was uh, uh, Bo Button with Atlas Realty, or Reality, sorry. Um, and your guys' website is atlasreality.com and and you can find your apps in, in the app store. That's correct. Um, so definitely check them out. Um, so as we wrap up the show, I always ask if you have any any final suggestions or tips for other entrepreneurs out there.
0: The only tip, and this is not unique to entrepreneurialism, is like, I don't know why, like genetically, I don't know where my ancestors came from. And it's not everybody in my family. I do not give up. I do not throw in the towel um, until I have closure. It it doesn't matter if it's a technical problem or a business problem. I just, I just, I need closure. I need to finish. So just, just don't give up. Don't give up. Just muscle through it, even if it's difficult. You know, it, it can be a challenge. Trust me, this is not my first startup and not all of them have been successful. I mean, that's kind of where you learn a lot, but just don't give up. Just just muscle through it. You know, similar to
1: that, I've, I've seen people multiple times post about there's a difference between um, playing to win and playing not to lose. And, you know, if you have the mindset of I'm not going to lose, it's almost impossible for your competitors to beat you. Yeah. right? Where, where if you're all in and you're trying to win, you, you may make a lot of mistakes and, and, you know, ultimately you don't win, but yeah. if you play the long game and you're like, you know what? I'm not going to lose. I'm going to set myself up. So it's like impossible for me to ever fail. You can do this forever. Right. It's no, like I, a different, like, it's a different like, mindset. Uh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I like how you, 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 articulated that. That's, I've never heard it put that way, but no, absolutely, man. It's a different, a different mindset,
1: similar to what you're you know talking about. You know, it's like, just never giving up. And like, we're, we're going to win this thing. And, uh, you know, you just have to have to keep going and keep, keep fighting. Yeah. There are never, days never where you're battle. like, I
0: don't know how we're going to get through this, but, uh, obviously having great partners, great employees, great culture, all of that. Like I, 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 we stand, I stand on the shoulder of giants and I'm not talking about previous successful entrepreneurs. I'm talking about hardworking employees that contribute yeah. a lot of work. Um, without them, we wouldn't be here.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, Bo, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Thank you, Matt. You have a great day, brother. Like, we do it.